What are some concepts that captains of industry are using outside of medicine that we can implement to help our businesses thrive? Why should we be emailing our patients to help build our practices? And what are some of the things that may feel icky to us as physicians that we need to get over in order to help our businesses thrive? Stay tuned to find out. Welcome to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring, a show by me, Dr. Bradley Block, and this is a practical guide for practicing physicians where we interview experts in and out of medicine to find out everything we should have been learning while we were memorizing Krebs cycle. This podcast is sponsored by Doc2Doc Lending, the personal lending platform for doctors by doctors. Traditional lenders overestimate the risk of lending to doctors because a lot of us carry significant debt, but at Doc2Doc, they know that as a profession, doctors almost never default on their loans, and they take that in consideration when they're setting our rates. I love what Dr. Doc is doing within our community, so please check them out at doctodoclending.com slash PGTD. That's doctodoclending, number two, slash PGTD for Physician's Guide to Doctoring. Dr. Unachukwu, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to Me this. too, me too. So for those who don't know you, and I think given your Social media presence is probably few and far between, but you were a very successful pediatrician, you know, built up your own practice and were so successful at it that you wanted to share that success with other physicians. And so you created the Entree MD, like Entrepreneurship NB, Entree MD Business School. And now you help physicians, not just with their practices, but all sorts of business endeavors that may or may not utilize their expertise as physicians. So helping tons of physicians out there. So if you could start off, just give us like the elevator pitch for the Entree MD Business School. Yeah. So the number one problem that, you know, physician entrepreneurs face is that they did not get a business education. So really, we don't know how to run businesses. And so the Entree MD Business School was started, was launched really to help doctors gain those business skills so they can build profitable businesses. So they have the freedom to live life and practice medicine on their own terms. Okay. Okay. What's the origin story of the business school? You know, I'd started my practice and my practice was doing really well. I had a four-day work week. The money was good. Patients loved it. It was just nice, really, really nice. And about 2016, it became obvious to me that medicine had changed like fundamentally and it changed forever. It was not going to go back. And because of that, I started thinking about if I couldn't, you know, practice the way I'm practicing now and I couldn't earn money doctoring, what are the other ways I could, you know, still have a career, still bring in revenue if I couldn't doctor, right? Because I was, th- I was looking at it, you know, when I graduated from residency, I did not see CVS being my competition, Walmart being my competition. You know, we almost had a monopoly, if you will, in the healthcare space. Not that we lobbied for it. That's just the way it was. And all of these things were shifting. And I'm like, if you can't adapt to this, we're going to have a serious problem. And so I started embracing consulting, coaching, speaking, writing, all of those things just to, you know, retool myself and, you know, give myself full expression and create financial freedom for myself if I could not do medicine the way I always did it. And I started doing that because I was like, this is going to be really bad when it becomes very obvious what is happening. And then I realized as I was doing it for myself, like, well, there are a million physicians though, and it's going to be bad for all of us. And so that's when the concept of EntreMD was born. Initially, I started, you know, helping people on a one-on-one basis and all of that. But 
I realized that we needed more. And, you know, it does take time to create results. We can't say I'm going to start a business in two months. We have it all figured out because we don't have a business education. It takes a little bit to get an, an education. And so that's when I was like, okay, we're going to do the EntreMD Business School. We started that in July of 2020. So we're almost hitting the three-year mark at this point. And it's really to help doctors, you know, make that identity shift from physician to physician entrepreneur. It doesn't mean leaving medicine. It means adding another skill set. So helping them make that transition, help them understand marketing, especially organic marketing, help them understand sales, which is almost like a cuss word for us. And then building a team because it's your team that gives you the time freedom and it really amplifies your impact. So those are the four areas that we kind of focus on in the entrepreneur business. I would argue that sales is not a cuss word. I mean, we think of it like one, but like, but we're constantly selling to our patients, right? We, you need to convince a patient of their diagnosis. You need to convince the patient that they need to take their medication. Sometimes it's easy. Oh, take your blood pressure medication. Okay. And sometimes it requires some convincing. We need to convince them that really of our expertise and they should be sending us their family and their friends, right? Like there's lots of ways in which we're already utilizing sales and we're practicing. We're practiced at it because we do it every day. Every time you're talking to your patient. I mean, some requires require less convincing than others. It's a skill that I think we, we have. We just often don't realize we have. It. And I couldn't agree more. I think part of the reason for that is, you know, traditionally, we're not involved with the money conversations at all, right? Like if you think about, you know, a typical day, you know, get to, the, you know, get to work, park your car, grab your coffee, you know, get into your office, tell your patients are ready, you see the patients, you send over your super bills and all of those things, you go home, and then two weeks later, you get paid. Two weeks later? Employed two weeks later. Employed two weeks later. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what the insurance companies, have, that's not their schedule. No, 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 not at all. So because we're removed from that money conversation, when once you bring money into selling, it's like, oh, but I don't, yeah, I don't want to talk about the money and all of that. I'm like, that's because we've been removed from it, but that money conversation is always happening. Somebody else has just been doing it on our behalf. So I think that's kind of what makes it almost yucky for a lot of physicians. Like, I don't want to talk about money, but to your point, you're right. We sell all the time. I mean, I'm a pediatrician. I sell people on vaccines. I sell them on, you know, and all of those things, but we do sell a lot. This is the type of thing that you cover on your show. I think what we need to do first is convince ourselves of our own value so that it doesn't feel like selling. You're basically trying to convince people when you're, when you are selling, this is the value that I can bring to you. And it's only going to cost you this much. It's you need to be convinced of the value first, and then you have to convince someone else. It's not like you're a car salesman where like, you know what? You've got to convince them that their life would be better with a Mercedes. Really, it wouldn't be. Their life is not going to be like, you know, I think they might be convinced that their own product is superior and great. That's good for them because I, I think you, it's important that you believe in your product. I guess that's the thing. We have to believe in our own product first and believe that there's enough value there. And then you need to convince the patient not the patient, the person you're selling to, that there is so much value there that it's totally worth it, that you're not even to the point where you're not really selling it, right? Correct. A thousand percent. Because you can charge anything as long as the value you offer is more than what you charge. Yeah. There's going to be an ROI. So what are the, some of the businesses, right? Because you, you certainly help people with their medical practices because 
as a pediatrician. Like, it sounds like you were a dermatologist. Like, yes, I was doing well financially and I was only working four days a week. That doesn't sound like a pediatric practice. So you were doing something very right. And so you are helping other physicians build their practices. But what are some of the other some of the other businesses that you're helping your students to grow? Yeah, so we have the private practices. We have the direct primary care practices. We have some of those as well. We have speakers. So a lot of them are people who are employed physicians working full time, but they're building this other brand as, you know, as a paid speaker. That's their business model. We have some who are coaches and consultants. We have some who have built other service-based businesses like a medical billing company. We have a doctor in there who's doing really well with it. And of course, with a heart of physicians, I wants to see them thrive. So it's just so good. Shout out to her, Dr. Dr. Heather Signorelli. And we have some who are entrepreneurs. So what that means is their personal brand and they just build all these business skills and bring it to their place of work. What that looks like for them is they recognize I have my own company. My company is Dr. Me Incorporated. And so I treat it as a business. So what that means is they negotiate for better pay. It means they negotiate for a four-day four work week and still keep their pay the same. It means that they negotiate for scribes. It means they, some of them have even negotiated for everyone within their hospital system to get a coach paid for by the hospital. Some of them have negotiated when somebody, one of them, they said, we're going to reduce everybody's pay by 10% starting from XYZ time. She went like a boss negotiated and they reversed that. So they're entrepreneurs. They're working full time. They don't have any extra thing going on, but they're bringing their business self to work, which makes them enjoy work so much more. So we have people who are doing that. We have people who they developed an app. They have one, she developed an app for the real estate space, and that's what she's doing and promoting. So really, we have a lot of different business types. And the reason why they thrive in the school is because the school is more about building the system that will make the business work, right? So again, that identity, the marketing, the sales, the team, and all of those things, which, are, which is fairly universal for whichever kind of business you choose to build. Okay. And it sounds like there's a community there. I think that's a big deal because oftentimes you feel like you're kind of all alone. Am I, is this a ridiculous idea? Like, is this, should I really be doing this? Should I really be saying this? Would anyone buy this? Oh, I've done that before or I've done something like that. And so then you've got this community of like-minded people and you really can help each other grow and thrive. So that's the Entree MD Business School. But what I want to ask you is, what was your community where you yourself learned these ideas or was this all, you know, self-taught? Not self-taught. Many different things happened. I think the starting point for me was I found Brian Tracy. <laughs> I found him and I learned a lot of things. Sorry, who's Brian Tracy? Brian, Brian Tracy is like one of the grandfathers of personal development. He's been, I mean, he's in his 70s now. He's been around forever. And so he talks a lot about time management, vision, setting goals. The biggest thing I learned from him is that all business skills are learnable. That's kind of when my world opened up. I was like, wait, so the people who are running bigger businesses are not necessarily better than me. They just know something I don't know. And if there's anything I'm good at, it's learning. Like, this is great news, right? And so that's what opened my world. I think in 2017, two, two years before we started on MD was when I discovered coaching. I didn't even know coaching was a thing. 
and I had the opportunity to do a speaker training. And I'm, I was a painfully shy, socially awkward, introvert, introvert. I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, this is a lot of training. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what is happening here. Painfully. So even signing up to do that was the most terrifying thing I had ever done. And it was so transformational, right? You know, learning to speak and all of that, because that's when I was like, yeah, something has to give. I have to learn new skills. But ever since then, I've always surrounded myself with entrepreneurs. Unfortunately, a lot of, in the beginning especially, was entrepreneurs not in the physician space. It's not unfortunate, but what I mean, I couldn't find those physician communities filled with, you know, physician entrepreneurs. So so they they were not physicians, but it also gave me the opportunity to be very innovative because... I see the way other businesses are running. I'm like, why don't we do that in private practice? That doesn't make any sense. Why do we do it? So I started questioning so many things because I'm like, most of the businesses in this world don't work like this. For instance, we don't really believe in building teams and building practices that can run without us, right? Because it's almost like we build it and we work it till the very end. And it's not bad, right? Again, this is not about leaving medicine, but I did meet somebody who tried to sell her practice after being in that practice for almost 30 years. But it was her job. So there was nothing to sell. She tried to sell it for $40,000 and nobody would buy it because there's no other doctor that was working there other than her. She still had paper charge. She didn't own the building. She, there was no asset. There was nothing to sell. It's like selling an ice cream shop without the ice cream machines. Like we are in medicine. The reality is we're the product. And as one of my partners said, like there's management and there's labor. And as physicians, you know, we're often the top of our class, high achieving, you know, hard workers. We're management material, but we're the labor. We're the labor. And without the labor, there's no product. So you can't, you can't really sell a practice without doctors because we are the product. So then how do you, I don't understand how you can possibly sell a practice without the physician. And that taught me a lesson. And I was like, I will never be in this position. Actually, I did an experiment because I, I serve so many physicians. I did an experiment in my practice and I took a 17 month sabbatical and it grew. And I was like, yes, I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. You need to build something that can work without Wait, you. Wait, what grew? Entry MD or your pediatric practice? The practice, my private practice. Okay. How? Be- no, because I had the systems in place. Okay. I had the team in place. I had my practice administrator in place. So they ran it. You had hired other pediatricians. Correct. So my contribution was meeting with my practice administrator once a week. And that was it. And it grew. That's just to, like once we start treating our practices that way, we're setting up systems, right? As systems that can work. If we're not there, that means we can maybe take that one month vacation and all will be well. You know, and so being in those communities helped me in that way that I was able to really think about businesses very differently. And I've never stopped. Like, I'm always looking for communities, staying curious, seeing what other entrepreneurs are doing, learning from everybody who's an entrepreneur. It's been a game changing habit for me. So, taking some of those ideas from entrepreneurs outside of medicine, what are some like real brass tacks? lessons that you've learned from some of those captains of industries, like where to find a good account or what are some things that you can like implement rather than like you need to think bigger and you need to be able to take yourself out of the, you know, can it operate without you? 
what are like immediately actionable things that we can start to think about? Yeah, so there there's a number of things. For instance, during the pandemic, one of the things that I learned is the principles that you see in online marketing would work really nicely in private practice as well, right? Nobody wanted to come in. The practices were closing by the thousands and all of those things. And so what we adopted from that world is we adopted email marketing in the private practice where now we're sending emails every week. Now we're identifying, just like they would do in the online world, identifying what people's objections were and overcoming those objections, whether with videos that we did and all of that. And then so even in the pandemic year, we did better in 2020 than we did in 2019 because we took those things from the online world. So most private practices collect emails. Very few private practices send emails, right? Like we just collect it. But for the online business, that's liquid gold. For the private practice, it's a nuisance. Maybe not a nuisance, but it's just a thing. We don't really do anything with it. We don't want to bother the patients. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, no. They're just going to send us to them. spam. And no, no, no. Yeah. So that's one thing that I learned. The second thing that I learned is really the concept of building a business that is sellable, even if you want to keep it. Building with the end in mind, right? So we're not building jobs. And it doesn't matter if it takes you five years, 10 years, 15 years to get there. But from the foundation, you're building it in a way that this is something I can sell, which means your books are kept in order, which means that you're building a team, which means you're not making decisions just for the now. You're making this like, but how is this going to look for an investor, right? Like that's something that, you know, I've, ad I've adopted from there. It's worked really well for me. It's worked really well for my clients. A third thing that I'll pull out is, the concept of taking charge of your marketing. For instance, in pediatrics, historically, during the summer, it's really slow. Like people sometimes would, you know, come they're like, okay, some staff have to go home and all that because people are on vacation. Kids are not getting sick at school, so they're not coming in and all of that. It's always been slow. And we would just sit down and say it's slow, but we can play offense with our marketing, right? You don't have to allow the market happen to you. You can dominate the market, right? And so we started implementing things like, you know, we're like back to school. You know, when everybody tries to get their physical in the last week before school starts comes every single year. But we are going to save you the trouble and we're going to get you in June. And so we started doing that where in the summer we're as busy as we were earlier in the year because we chose to play offense, right? Like, so we don't just say this is the way it is. We control it with our marketing. We control it with all of those strategies. Awesome. 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 And back to that email. How are you going to communicate that stuff to the patients? You're going to utilize that, those email addresses to communicate and let them know, hey, rather than booking your appointment last minute and maybe not getting the time you want, just get, tick off, tick that box now. Now you've gotten your school physicals taken care of. Great. I love it. I love it. Where did you find, I'm sorry, I keep going back to this, these entrepreneurs outside of medicine, but where did you find them? Like, where did you network with these captains of industry? Because now we've got like all these Facebook groups and I think it's easier to find, although, you know, are the captains of industry really in these Facebook groups, right? So where did you find your network? I would say a lot of places. So let me trace them. A lot of them were in programs that I had been a part of, especially if you're looking at captains of industries. 
they a lot of them are in masterminds. A lot of them are in high level networks. Like there's some networking programs for people who are doing over a million in revenue. Right. And those kind of masterminds, a lot of them are in there. They are paid to play. And I'm like, if you must pay for your network, your network is your network. That is not a bad thing. But, you know, a lot of them are there. The conversations in those rooms are very different because there is criteria to be in the room. So that's one place I've had. I've networked. Facebook has been really, really nice to me. (laughs) And it can be nice to most people. It just depends on the way you use it. Because there are a lot of friends I've made with people who are running pretty significant businesses, and I found them online. The thing is that everybody's tuned into a radio station, WIIFM, What's In It For Me. And so when you find somebody who is building a kind of business and you're like, I really want that person in my inner circle and things like that, you really want to approach them with service. And when I say service, it could be as simple as I read this book you wrote. It was amazing. This is what I did with it. This is the win I created. It is so amazing the doors that just that simple gesture would open. Or you write a book and you're like, hey, you know, I just wanted to gift you a copy of this or whatever it is. But when you lead with that, it's amazing the results, the, the results that come from that. Showing up consistently on social media, on my platform, talking about what I believe in, talking about helping doctors build profitable business has cost a lot of people to reach out to me and say, hey, I see what you're doing. I'm doing this in this under other industry. Let's connect. So me showing up is not only not only for my brand and what I do, but it's really created opportunities to network. Podcasting is amazing because you can just invite them like, hey, I see what you're doing. Can you come on my podcast? The network starts from like this, like this conversation. (laughs) Right. Here I am with you. So this is amazing. So that has opened a lot of doors. And the other thing I'll say is, if you respect humans and you stay curious, you can meet all kinds of people anywhere. I have been in a meeting where I was talking to a tax guy. I'm talking to a tax guy and he says, hey, I love what you do. This is amazing. We're just talking. I'm curious. And, you know, and he says, I know this other person. Who helps, who helps, has a really large influence with all these physicians. Could, should I connect you with them? In my mind, I'm like, are you kidding? I'm talking to a tax guy and this is what we're saying, right? The other day I was talking to someone who's a health coach and she connects me to this other person who knows like 10 captains of industry in the physician community. And she's like, hey, I can connect you to this person. I'd never even heard of the person. And so sometimes you may be in a room thinking, my people are not in this room, but if you'll not, dis- well, despise is probably a strong word, but if you'll not take people for granted and just engage. No, despise isn't such a strong word. Have you met people? They could be pretty awful. They could be pretty terrible. <laughs> well, this is true. So <laughs> this is we're going to have to find a way to flip that around. Just meeting people with genuine curiosity and appreciation for who they are. I think without expecting something in return, you know, I've heard this before you know, always be giving, always be giving. So like, I mean, that's what you do on your podcast, right? You're like giving free advice without really expecting anything in return. And so when you put that energy out into the universe, it, it sometimes will, will, will pay you back. Sometimes the universe is a bottomless pit and just sucks all your energy out, but you can't really think of it that way. It comes around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it comes around. So it sounds like, yeah, that sounds like a, a, you know, just being genuinely curious and open and, and friendly and outgoing and, and you spend enough time out there and these opportunities will 
will arise. So what has anything come to fruition from any of those connections? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I kid you not. I've had I've had someone say, hey, check out Dr. Una and what she does. She's amazing. Posted it somewhere online. And from that one post, I got like four paid speaking gigs. I got a number of clients. I got like from one. Like, it's crazy how it happens. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's not. But it, it always plays out, right? And the important thing about networking is to realize that it's a tool that can dramatically change your life because of the people you'll come in contact with and the doors they can open for you and your name that can be mentioned in the right places. It, like that happens, but you approach it, you approach it not from that perspective, not I'm going to do this, I'm going to get this. Now you're playing the long game. Like I'm doing this because this is this is the right thing to do. This is what I do to grow my brand, grow my my business, and actually grow my life because people are what make that is people that will make your life rich, not just dollar rich, but the peace, the joy, and all of that stuff. And so you just consistently do it. It does snowball into this thing is so ginormous. It just doesn't make sense. So I've had so many opportunities, you know, within business, within real estate, even within you know, like all kinds of opportunities open up just because of. It that. always goes back to real estate, doesn't it? <laughs> You know, I'm trying to avoid that. Actually, I just had an episode a little while ago with- You won't get a lot of that out of me, though. Not at all. So you, so you mentioned like putting it out there without expecting something in return, and, and eventually it will start to come back. That that reminds me of of something that I have with my wife, actually, where, where it's really important for us not to keep score. I'm going to do something for her, so she does something for me. You can't think of your- I, You can't think of your relationship with your significant other that way because you'll just end up resentful. You do things for that person because you want to do things for that person because you want to make their life easier and and then, you know, that just builds your relationship and then eventually it it comes around but not if you're keeping score. And so it sounds like the same thing here. Don't keep score, just, you know, try and build relationships and then something else you said reminds me of another podcast with Jordan Grummet, Dr. G, Doc G from Earn and Invest, we, you know, he he wrote a book about his experiences as a hospice doctor and what he's learned from it. And he said the two things that he takes away from his hospice patients are the most important things in life are experiences and relationships. And that's what you just said there. It's relationships. The networking is building relationships because people, as awful as people are, as awful as they, they do make life better. That's what life is about, experiences and relationships. And that's what, you know, that's what networking is. So if you're doing it as a tit for tat, that's it's not a relationship. You know, you're not trying to build a relationship. That's really painful. And and the thing is, you know, now that you you bring this up, you can actually enjoy being an entrepreneur. I know, yes, of course it's hard work. I'm not going to take that away. It is hard work, but if you get the people piece right, whether it's people you're networking with, your clients, clients that did work with you in the past, vendors, and think about how rich your world is because of all the relationships you have. And all the change you can bring, and and if you're if you have a heart of service, that means you're building a you're building great relationships with so many people. It puts you in a position where you can really, really enjoy the journey because there's no arrival, right? The journey of being an entrepreneur, because you get to build those relationships and you get to have those experiences within the context of business, 
right? It makes it, it makes it wonder. Like I tell people I've never, I've never worked in Entree MD. I've never gone like, oh, I have to go to work. Like that has never happened. I love it. But it's because of the people, it's because of the heart of service and and all of that. And people, I mean, like the experiences are just unbelievable. So you're thousand percent right on that one. And then one more thing that you mentioned is these mastermind groups that can be pay to play. I think as physicians, it might leave us feeling a little icky, right? That we've got to like pay for this stuff. But what you're saying is the outside world of entrepreneurs, yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do because nobody's just giving out like mentorship for free. Right. I mean, yes, that happens. And that these are these relationships you're talking about. But if you want to gain access to some of these people that, you know, might have things that that are useful to you, you're going to have to bite the bullet and you're going to have to shell out some bucks in order to to build these relationships. And I, and, and I think it gives you that icky feeling of, well, they're only talking to me and they're only hanging out with me because I've paid them. Right. But you're you're learning from them and networking from them. And someone needs to take the time to put all of this together. And they've put a price tag on it that they think is fair market value for, you know, facilitate. Yeah, I'll, I'll invite everybody to really look at that differently. I mean, you know, we pay for the Mercedes, we pay for the house, we pay for the kids to go to private school, we pay for... They, so the question then becomes, then why are we upset if we have to pay for a mastermind, right? And we can really begin to look at our earning capacity and the money that we have as what it really is, which is a tool of exchange. Right. I want to be in a room with people who are building multi-million dollar businesses, people where ordinarily would have we would have no reason to have a conversation, but we can be in this room together. I can tap into their wisdom that they've built over years. I can learn, you know, from mistakes that they made. So I get the shortcut. I don't have to make those mistakes. In those rooms, one conversation pays for the entire mastermind. That that's all that it takes because People at that level, people don't may not know this, are so giving. They will sit you down. They will tell you when they started. They will tell you the mistakes they made. They will tell you what's working in their businesses now. They will tell you the strategy you just learned. They will give you free tickets to the events to, so you can see exactly how they're doing it. They are so giving. One conversation over one lunch will pay for your entire year of being in that room. You should pay for that lunch. Don't make them pay for the lunch. Don't make them pay. Oh, no, no, of course you should pay them for the lunch. But, but this was like a, like a lunch at the event. So, no, so nobody paid technically. But yes, in those, you should pay for the lunch. That's, that's the way it goes. But, or at least fight to pay for the lunch because they'll fight too. That's typically the way that'll work too. But it, it's about an exchange of value, right? And it, so even in the Entree Business School, like with the community that we built, it's, I mean, imagine being in a room with physicians. Some of them have, are starting their businesses. Some of them are like seven and a half million in revenue. And somebody will come in and say, oh, I hit my first million. This is the debrief. This is exactly what I did. Somebody else will say, oops, made this mistake. This was the mistake. This is a lesson I learned. This is what I'm going to do the next time. Somebody else is like, oh, I got a speaking gig, but I'm booked on that day for something else. But you talk on the same topic. Can I connect you so you can get the gig? Like in a place like that, you exchange dollars for value. You see what I like? So it's more like it's a tool of exchange. And that's one of the blessings we have as physicians. We have this earning power. It is our gift to then acquire the life we want. 
it's a tool of exchange. All right. Well, so if people want to learn more about about you, about the EntreMD Business School, you've got a big online footprint. So where do people start to find you? Well, I think what my website will be a good landing point. It's EntreMD.com. So E-N-T-R-E-M-D.com. And but yes, like you said, I'm on social media quite a bit. So you can always reach out, send me a private message on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm Dr. Una Chuku on all of those platforms. Fantastic. Check out the podcast, the Instagram feed, the LinkedIn page, the business school. Thank you for all you're doing to help physicians live better lives. Thank you. And thank you for what you do. I I truly, truly appreciate it. Doctors, we need all hands on deck. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast player. I'm also available for medical legal consulting and keynote speaking if you're interested, or to just give us some feedback on the show, email me at brad at physiciansguidetodoctoring.com. I'll see you next week. The ideas expressed in this podcast are those of the interviewer and interviewee and do not represent those of their respective employers.